The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100. Get a $100 free bet over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You know me, you know the voice, you know the guy. It's me, really real villain, real to real Furman Jr. here at your service. And it's Friday. I got my partner in picks with me, Scott Studio Show. Scott, what's going on? Nothing much. Looking forward to going through the Friday card. A lot of games. Should be fun. Let's make some money. Yeah, yeah. Let's make some money. Uh, Moon off and Delonte had themselves a day handicapping the short card we had yesterday. Getting into Friday and we have a, what do we have here? What is this, 10 games? I think so. Yeah, 10 games late. So we got a 10 game slate on a Friday. Welcome everybody. One more plug for the uh, merch, NBA merch. If we are in your top three of podcast on Spotify rap, please screenshot at us on Twitter at SGPN NBA at me. Let us know and we will get you into the contest and we'll pick winners for that and have winners for that on Monday. So look out for that coming up on Monday. Let's go ahead and get into it. First game of the slate, and we're kicking off with me. The New York Knicks are going to play the Charlotte Hornets in Charlotte. Minus three, 224 and a half is the total. Going to find an injury report here. And for these two teams, you can expect that uh, Obi Toppin, you know, is not playing right now. It's pretty clean. No, nothing really need to be noted for the Knicks other than uh, Cam Reddish is not in the rotation. For the Charlotte Hornets, you have P.J. Washington not on the injury report with the eye injury. Mark Williams is out. We know LaMelo, Gordon Hayward, Cody Martin, Dennis Snow Jr. are all missing extended amount of time. So you have a Knicks team that's been rolling a little bit, two straight wins. Charlotte's been reeling some. I believe that's three straight losses for them. What are you doing with this game, getting three with the Knicks on the road? It's a little bit tricky for me because I do think the Knicks should, keyword should, win and cover this game. Mm-hmm. They played a lot better lately. Uh, the first meeting did go to overtime. It was competitive. The Knicks won by three. Uh, Charlotte has lost three straight. Uh, they have played good competition, though. They lost to the Bucks, lost to the Clippers, and lost to the Nets. The Knicks did win two straight. Impressive home wins against the Cavaliers and the Hawks. Uh, on the road this season, the Knicks are six and six, so they have not been totally atrocious on the road. While mm-hmm. Charlotte is four and eight at home, I think I'm going to take the Knicks here. Uh, at the end of the day, I just think the Knicks are in better form. You're looking at how the team has played recently. I know Brunson was terrible against the Hawks, but it didn't matter anyway. Randall was really, really good. Knicks won the game comfortably. I think that at the end of the day, they probably should win this game by at least five. But Charlotte is still missing LaMelo. They're still missing Gordon Hayward. They're really just not a good team. There's really no other way around it. 
I think the Knicks, who are relatively healthy, I know Toppin's going to be out indefinitely, but I think that they're mm. the more talented roster. I think three feels a little bit low. I'm going to go with the Knicks. Hmm. But it wouldn't shock me if the Knicks just completely lay an egg here on the road, you know. But I think three's a little too low. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. How do we want to take this one? Uh, so the thing about the Knicks is that they definitely just come out and lay, lay an egg on these smash spots that they probably should have. We talk about the last five head to head meetings with the Knicks. Three of them have gone the Charlotte Hornets way and Knicks winning the last one, not covering earlier this year in Madison square garden, 134, 131. That was a seven point spread. I'm going to – I know the Knicks have been better defensively over the past couple of games. They held the Hawks to 89. They held the Cavs to 81. And I think that's – I think those couple of games and that stretch that they had is not telling the entire story. And when you think about a New York Knicks team that has been folding in the third quarter of a recent amount of games, and then you think about the history of this Charlotte Hornets team, is that they've been – relatively decent in the third quarter. They've been able to come out after halftime and have some pretty solid third quarters. So on the road, if the Knicks have a really ugly third quarter, uh, that could really change the tide of this game. I think if I want to play the Knicks, I want to play the Knicks early, play them in the first half and get up out of there. Mm-hmm. Not even really have to worry about um, a full game spread. So if I play the Knicks, I'll play them in the first half. But other than that, I think I'm on Charlotte here. And in terms of picking this game against spread, I'm going to take Charlotte plus three. And just say that the Knicks have one of their second quarter meltdowns, not second quarter, but second half meltdowns where they really just can't put the ball in a basket. I know Charlotte hasn't been, you know, the model team defensively over the past uh, course of this entire season, but they're still sitting here last five, five games, seventh and points inside the paint that's tied with the Boston Celtics. And then you sit here and they're giving up some points. But I think that this is a Knicks team that they can exploit a little bit and that really, really, really just should not be trusted. So I'll take Charlotte plus three. That's just kind of a gut play on my hand, on my end of things. I'll, I'll lean to the Knicks, uh, but I think that Randall's kind of a matchup problem for this team, or at least it should be. And Randall was really, really good against Atlanta. So I think that some of that might carry over into this one. I do think the first meeting, though, I have to at least acknowledge the fact that Gordon Hayward did play in that game. Had yeah. a team-high 21 points. Dennis Smith Jr. also played for Charlotte. He had 14 and 11. Both of them are out now with injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Charlotte did have three scores of 13-plus points off the bench. So we'll see if the bench can kind of keep it going against the Knicks here. But I just think that I don't know how much I can actually take away from the first meeting when Gordon Hayward, who is their second-best player behind LaMelo, is still out is out now, and he played in the first game. Dennis Smith Jr. is actually having a very good year, and he's also injured. I feel like that kind of means I have to toss the first being in the garbage, doesn't it? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I tossed it in the garbage for a different reason. It's the fact that it was in Madison Square Garden, and that's just a different environment that okay. people just kind of play up for. So uh, just looking at it differently, I think that, I mean, this team, they somehow found able – they were able to get wins or even be competitive in games with the lineup that they have knowing, you know, X, Y, and Z are out. 
I think that this is another opportunity where they're at home that they're going to shoot the ball a little bit better and they're going to defend a little bit better. I don't think that this is going to be the track meet that it was in Madison Square Garden. So I'm leaning uh, to the under here. I think that the Knicks have been looking really good defensively. I think Charlotte has stretches where they can get up for games, especially at home, and hold teams under their season total. So, yeah, I, I like the under here. I think that we're going to get a little bit of an ugly, grinded-out kind of game. I think I'm going to lean to the under as well. Uh, the first total was huge. I mean, it landed in the you know 230, 260s, but the game also went to overtime. Uh, it still went over this number, obviously, in regulation, but he got into the 240s there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'll lean to the under. I don't really feel great about it, but the Knicks defense has been really good the last couple games. Mm-hmm. I think there are a couple ways to get there. I think that either the Knicks have their classically terrible third quarter and they score like 15 points, and they single-handedly just really just create a terrible quarter for offense, which will drag the whole game total down. Or the Knicks defense keeps it rolling, and Charlotte's offense kind of struggles. I think either way, this total seems a little bit high. I'll lean to the under as well. Uh, Knicks and Hornets are both 21 and 20, respectively, in terms of pace in the past five games. So expect a slower pace game in this one. Oh, cool. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Toronto Raptors going to Orlando to play the Orlando Magic. These teams played six days ago where it's in Toronto, where Toronto got the win and the cover 121 to 108, covering an 11 and a half point spread. Injury report for this one, and we have Otto Porter Jr., who is out. Bo Cruz is out indefinitely right now. And uh, we know Achua is out indefinitely right now as well. And then for the Magic, we have Jalen Suggs, Gary Harris, both out indefinitely. Okiku is out as well. Wendell Carter Jr., we know Jonathan Isaac hasn't played in forever. I mean, this Orlando team's been bad recently. They have – they actually won that last game against the Clippers Uh I, I don't remember how they, they came back in that game. I thought the Clippers had that under control, but it's the Clippers. So before that, lost four games straight, two and three ATS in those games with blowouts to the Raptors and to the uh, – well, it really wasn't a blowout, but they didn't cover the number against the Cavs and a blowout to the Atlanta Hawks. Scott, what are you doing with this one? Getting – what did I say you were getting again? Eight with the Orlando Magic at home. I think eight really just feels like a good number. So I don't really have a strong opinion on the side here. I think I'd lean to Toronto, but the Raptors have really not been good on the road this season. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty tricky to actually get to the window laying eight points. They're three and nine straight up on the road. Orlando's only five and eight at home. I mean, five and nine at home. So mm-hmm. both teams are really not good in this particular environment. Uh, Orlando, though, only losing by 13 in Toronto. Really not bad. Like it. We know Orlando's a really terrible basketball team. So the fact that they mm-hmm. were able to somewhat hang in there kind of against Toronto. Pilot Bancaro was two for eight from the field in that game as well. And they still, you know, only lost by 13. Uh, mm-hmm. Orlando had the nice overtime win where the Clippers completely punted the game at the end. But Toronto beat a Lakers team that was missing basically everybody. And they still almost blew a cover. Uh, they lost to the Celtics because of one really bad quarter, but the Celtics are the Celtics. And they uh-huh. beat Orlando by 13. I, I just feel like even though I like this Toronto team, I thought they'd be better this year. And 
Oh, boy. I really don't have a strong opinion on the spread, but I guess I'm leading with the home team here. I can't, on principle, lay eight points with a team that's three and nine straight up on the road. I, I just can't do it. So, mm-hmm. on principle, I'll lean Orlando. There's no way I'm going to bet the side in this game, but I'm going to go with Orlando. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm on the same wave. Uh, against the spread, they are five, five and seven on the road. So that's not inboding much confidence at all either. Eight and six as a favorite this season. Uh, yeah, Orlando finds a way to get it done at home. Eight and six, eight and six against the spread at home for Orlando. Uh, they they find a way to get it done, especially when they're getting large numbers at home. So I think that this could be like a uh they. The Hawks, not the Hawks, but the Raptors just kind of play with their food a little bit. I think they play with the food a little bit. It's not really much of a reason to get up for this game. They already don't like playing in Florida because they played a whole, what, year and a half in Florida basketball. So I think they're pretty tired of going down to Florida and playing basketball here. And I just expect that Paolo Bencaro to have a better game this this time around. I don't know why they're not utilizing the size that they have, but they really should be utilizing the size that they have to dominate over the boards. And maybe they do that better this time around as well, instead of getting absolutely killed by, you know, Scotty Barnes and mm-hmm. um, Pascal Siakam on the boards, Bobo, Mo Wagner, Mo Bamba, like those guys should really be able to go in there and really dominate on the boards. This It should be an easy double double for them. So yeah, I'm going to stick with Orlando here, plus the eight. I think that they own the boards this time around. I think they shoot the ball a lot better, and they keep this game closer. It's a weird expected. scheduling spot because it's one of those back-to-backs against the same team where Toronto's having two straight games against Orlando in Orlando. I don't think Toronto is going to cover both of these games. Take I think it all both fi- times. I think they'll fail to cover at least one of these. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they're just going to immediately – kind of go up early and kick it into autopilot, but we've seen it before. Mm-hmm. But anytime you you play a team back-to-back, we saw it in the Denver-Houston, with Denver and Houston a couple weeks ago, where the first meeting was like competitive and the second meeting was a blowout, and sometimes it's vice versa. Mm-hmm. I think Orlando's going to cover one of these, minimum. So I'll lean to Friday, and I'll hope that Toronto continues to struggle on the road. Yeah, I didn't even think about the uh, bat-to-bat angle. That really makes me want to kind of sprinkle a little bit Orlando, too. Like, if we can if we can hit the dog in this first one, we can come back, and I think we all expect Toronto to have a really nice bounce-back game in the second time around. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm here. Uh, all right. Next game on the schedule. No, wait. Total. It's sitting at 222. I'm waiting to the under. But it's really tough for me to bet overs with Orlando. It's really just something I never want to do. Um, and Toronto doesn't exactly play the fastest pace either. Mm-hmm. No, and that's that's just not how they kind of play as a team. But they haven't been the same defensive team this year that they normally been. They're normally top ten easy in defense for the majority of the whole season. Last five games trending around fifteen for Toronto. In terms of points per game, Orlando 13 in, ter- in terms of points per game. Uh, let me see what – make sure the pace stats are all looking the same for how these two teams run. 24th past five, five games for Orlando, and then we have Toronto. A little bit quicker of a pace, 12th in pace in the past five games. Uh, 
You said Orlando's 24th. Like, yeah. anytime you see a total in the 220s with Orlando, I really just yeah. can't. Unless they're playing a team that's in, like, top five in pace, like they're playing the Kings or something, like, okay, then maybe I'll take an over. I can't take an over in this game. And I think it's, I think people are just expecting them to shoot the ball a lot better. And I do think they'll shoot the ball better, but I don't think it equates to a whole bunch of more points. I think that it's going to be a little bit more defensive intensity on their end because they gave up uh, – what was it again? They gave up 121 the last time they played this team six days ago. So I expect to see a little bit more defensive intensity. Yeah, I'll take the under 222. It came up two and a half points from 219 and a half. And yeah, so like it was that. also a bit misleading the first game because they ended up combining for 62 points in the fourth quarter to kind of send it over. The game was in blow. Game was a blowout. Toronto was up by basically 20, and Orlando scored 35 in the fourth quarter. I don't think that's going to happen again. Is it really Kelly Oubre Jr.'s birthday today? Oh, uh, Nick, that's that. Is that what you're saying? You're saying it's Kelly Oubre Jr.'s birthday today? Uh, December 9th. That is correct. Oh, all right. Yeah, I like that. That's a good spot. And that's somebody that can go in there and score. And yeah, all right. I like that. All right. So we on Kelly Oubre Jr. today. That's even yeah. If, even like if that. Oubre like, doesn't play a good game, the shot attempts are going to be through the roof. Yeah. The yeah. The, you're going to have the ability. Like, you're going to have the ability to take it. Yeah. I would definitely ladder his points all the way because he's definitely going to get the work mm-hmm. always. All right. That was fun. Appreciate that. Man, the listeners are great. I, I don't think I've had to look up a birthday for like the past couple weeks. The listeners have already been on it in the chat, letting us know when we got a birthday game. Appreciate y'all. All right. Uh, where are we going? What's the next game? We have, oh, his old team, the Washington Wizards, going to play the Indiana Pacers. Indiana's laying five at home against the Wizards. 233 and a half is the total. Injury report for this one, and we have Chris Asprozingis is questionable with an ankle injury. Will Barton is questionable with a foot injury. Johnny Davis, Devin Dotson are both out, and Bradley Beal, Rui Hachimara are not expected to play in this game. I just we have also out. so we also have Miles Turner uh, questionable. Jalen Smith not on an injury report with a knee injury. Isaiah Jackson is questionable. James Johnson is questionable. And then, you know, Tice and Duarte not expected to play in this game as well. All right. Uh, 233.5 to total, minus five for the Pacers. I mean, are we laying five with the Pacers? That was going to be my question for you. I, yeah, I, I understand since Indiana's pretty good at home, seven and four straight up, Washington's mm-hmm. three and nine on the road. I get Washington's missing Beal, maybe Porzingis as well. I don't know if I want to lay five with Indiana. I mean, you're looking at the two games so far this season. Washington won on the road by seven. And the second game, Indiana won on the road by ten. I believe that was the random ESPN game between the Pacers and the Wizards. And the Pacers uh, just Mm -hmm. scored 75 points in the first half. It was just absolutely incredible by them. Halliburton went off. He had uh, 25 and 12. Miles Turner, 27 and 10. The whole starting lineup scored 15-plus points. And mm. now you might be missing Miles Turner, who also had five blocks in that game. So that's a big deal. Uh, but, oh, boy. I mean, the thing is, let's assume that Washington is missing Beal and missing Porzingis. I know we're going to blindly take Kuzma props. But what else do they have on this team without Beal or Porzingis in the lineup? Like, what do they have? 
Uh, Kyle Kuzma and a bunch of other guys playing ball. Do you think that's good enough to actually cover five against an Indiana team? Even if they're missing Turner, you still have Halliburton. You still have Heald. You still have Matherin. I know Matherin's kind of cooled off a little bit lately, but I still like him as a player. I think you understand my point. Like yeah. I just don't think Washington's depth is really that good. And Porzingis is really the only serious scorer left besides Kuzma, and he might not play. So I guess mm. the question is, let's assume the injury report based on the line is accurate, and let's say that Beal and Porzingis don't play. Do you think Indiana covers the five? Because uh, uh, it seems like a high number until you actually look at Washington's roster without Beal and Porzingis. Mm-hmm. It's pretty bad. Yeah, and I think you're kind of depending on some other guys to step up and have a really good game. Like, we know Monte Morris and Will Barton can come out here and have a really good game, but are we really about to bet on those guys stepping up in this spot right here on the road? Uh, I know they're coming off – both teams are coming off some pretty good rest. They haven't played since Wednesday, so they both got a day day off. Um, I mean, Washington hasn't been good lately. They worked, they hung around there against Chicago. That was kind of a nail biter throughout. Indiana has lost four or five. A uh, long, long road trip, though. Really long road trip. They played seven straight road games in the West Coast. So now they're going back to uh, their home arena. First game back after a long road trip is usually a bit inconsistent. Just from yeah. around the league, you automatically yeah. assume they're going to come out and smack somebody because they're finally sleeping at home and they just lose their first game. I've seen it a lot in the NBA. Or at least don't get a cover. Like if at it's least a don't, get a straight, cover. don't get a cover. Washington's lost four straight. Uh, three of those were road games. The one home game they had, AD had 55. Uh, but mm-hmm. it, it's really tricky for me. I guess I'll lean Indiana, but there's no way I'm going to lay five with my actual money. But I'm not going to take Washington here. I don't I think Washington's a good team either. Mm. I'll take Washington. Okay. I'll call it a good play. I'll take Washington plus five. I, I like that. I like the uh, fade teams coming back from a long road trip. And Indiana went through the gauntlet this past road trip going and playing uh, Timberwolves, Pacers. I mean, not Pacers, but Warriors, Blazers, Jazz. Like, they, they went through the gauntlet. And I think that road trip was even longer than that. Yeah, they played the Kings as well, the Lakers, mm-hmm. the Clippers. Oh, yeah. That was that, that's a that's a really tough West Coast trip to come back to Indiana and just think that you're going to cover the number against the Wizards team that's been scrappy for the majority of the year. So, yeah, I'll go ahead. I'll back the Wizards here, plus five. They cover Indiana gets a win. All right. I'll lean to the over, but I don't, I don't feel great about it either because Washington might not have many players available. I think mm-hmm. I'm looking at Indiana team total. Because I think that they should do whatever they want in this game. Halliburton assists, you know. I, I just think Halliburton's going to have a massive game again at the point. Yeah, no, this offense just dominates. Like, the point guard dominates in this I offense. could really just see uh, Halliburton going for, like, 20 and 14. And I don't think anybody would be surprised if that happens. No, no it, it actually sounds like a regular stat line for him at this point. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, all right. Um, For the total, I'm thinking that I'm probably going to go – I trust these teams to put to put up scoring for four quarters. And Turner might Washington. be out. There might be no rim protection at all for yeah. either of these teams. Yeah, and guys like Will Barton and Monte Morris. Monte Morris really might be the name that I'm looking at, especially if Miles Turner is out. 
I'm, I extre- I'm extremely anti Will Barton, so I, I yeah I know <laughs> yeah I, yeah yeah, but uh, I think Monte Morris is the guy that I want to look at today and probably playing his assist. I think playing his assist, he should be the dominant ball handler for really over the course of the entire game. To be honest, there shouldn't be an opportunity where he's not handling the ball if he's on the court. So uh, expect him to handle the ball, get the ball inside the Kuzma. They they dominate inside the paint in this game. Keep it close, especially assuming, if by the if way Tyler if Turner is out, especially if Turner. Yeah, out. assuming Turner and Porzingis, or maybe just one of them, are you blindly taking Kuzma double double? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty much Kuzma double double. So we haven't talked Kuzma about Kuzma double doubles for a while, but I think it's a good spot. I just love Kuzma in this spot, the stat pad when he's the guy and the like, pace when is he's there. the guy. And I kind of. Oh, Maybe I want to back Washington more because they have been. Who was it that just said that Kuzma isn't a guy that can lead a team? It was somebody that just came out and said that. Uh, Chandler Parsons. That's who it was. Mm. It was freaking Chandler Parsons. Uh, he said that Kuzma wasn't a guy that could lead a team. And, you know, he might have heard that. And now he's got the opportunity. They've been beefing, though, haven't they? Yeah. I, think, I forgot I think about they, what. I mean, Chandler, I, I have, Chandler Parsons hasn't been in the league for, I don't know, <laughs> long, but I don't know, but he he been talking smack and Kuzma be hearing, they be hearing stuff like that. This is that dog Kyle Kuzma that come out today. I, I like Washington. Yeah, I like Washington. All right. Next game of the slate, we have the Sacramento Kings going to play the Cleveland Cavaliers. Minus three and a half for the Cleveland Cavaliers. 222 is the total injury report for this one. And we have, if I can find it. That's not it. There we go. Darren Fox is questionable. Terrence Davis is questionable for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Donovan Mitchell is questionable. Kevin Love is out with a back injury. And then, you know, you're not going to see Dean Wade, Dylan Dylan Windler, and Ricky Rubio in this game. All right. I mean, it's the Cavs at home. That's really the handicap for me. It's the Cavs at home. Yeah, I know that you ended up winning your lock, fading the Kings last time out against Milwaukee. Game mm-hmm. was entertaining. It was high scoring, but Milwaukee just, at the end of the day, had too much size on the interior. Mm-hmm. Giannis did whatever he wanted, and I think Cleveland has the size as well. We saw Jared Allen start the game 7-for-7 seven seven against the Lakers, and he had a great game there. Uh, Fox potentially being out. I think Fox is more valuable to to his current team than Mitchell is to the Cavs. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to roast Mitchell. My point is I think that Cleveland at least has another serious guard in Garland who can lead a team for a night with mm-hmm. Mitchell not being available. I'm not sure the Kings have that. And no offense to Davion Mitchell. I like Davion Mitchell, mm-hmm. but I, Fox is clearly their best player. Or you, you can argue maybe Sabonis, but... There's a drop-off with the guards. They don't have as much guard depth as Cleveland. So I think assuming the worst and assuming that Donovan and Fox are out, I think it hurts Sacramento more than Cleveland. Yeah. Now, the issue with Garland there would be the fact that you're going to have off-night guarding him, which might affect the shooting numbers for Garland. Mm-hmm. I like Garland assist tonight. I think his assists are going to be really just, a, really just a slam spot if Mitchell's not playing. Because you know Sacramento's going to try to push the pace no matter what. And I do think you'll end up seeing Garland really have the ball in his hands a lot because he will be the main ball handler with Mitchell being out. So I think my main prop here would be Garland assists, Garland double-double, something like that. But I'm going to go with Cleveland as well. I'm not going to fade a 10-1 and team at home. That's just not going to happen. So I'm going to go with Cleveland as well. Yeah, uh... Let me see here. Just pulling some stuff up. 
And these games aren't close, by the way. Like Cleveland just steamrolls people at home. Yeah, yeah, they're they're really they're really eleven good and one. At home. Sorry, I, I skipped the game. I forgot they beat the Lakers. Yeah, they did just beat the Lakers. But I mean, you weren't you weren't wrong. We sit here and we look at ATS ten one and one against the spread at home. Both of these teams really good against the spread this season. Once again, though, Cleveland is eleven and one straight up at home. They're ten one and one ATS at home. So they yeah. just dominate. 10 1 and 1 ATS at home, 12 4 and 2 as a favorite. You got uh, Sacramento on the other side, 7 and 4 on the road, 8 and 4 as an underdog. But however, you go and you look at the money line splits, and that actually absolutely tanks for Sacramento, 5 and 6 on the road straight up, 4 and 8 as an underdog straight up. Like they're covering the larger numbers, but they're not going out there getting an outright win. And with a short number at the Cavs, yeah, I'm going ahead and just taking them. I feel good. By the way, what, was, what was the number you said when you introduced the game? For three and a half. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I feel like three and a half. It could blow up in your face. It pretty much confirms to me that Mitchell's not going to play. Yeah. So that's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like Mitchell is guaranteed to not play, and Fox maybe can. But if Fox is out, there's no way that Cleveland's still going to be laying three and a half. I think Cleveland might cover anyway. Like, I like the Sacramento team, but they're a lot better at home than they are on the road. And Cleveland mm-hmm. is an auto bet at home, as Cameron says in the chat. So I think three and a half for arguably the best home team in the league right now is a steal. And I still yep. like Garland. I still like Mobley. I still like Allen. They still have pieces. I'm going to go. I think, I think Mobley has a day today. I he think should. Mobley gets inside the paint. Uh, the. Kings are actually sitting right here at, well, I had it. Now I don't have it, but they are sitting right here at 16th. So middle of the pack, middle of the road uh, and points inside the paint. I think Evan Mobley can get inside and have a really, really good day. Just in a little bit of a matchup nightmare for them because they don't have anybody that size wise and speed wise can keep up with him when he's going off the dribble and getting into the lane. So I think that this could be a really, really good and fun Evan Mobley day with attention more than likely going to be on Darius Garland. I'm trying to think. Do you think this is lock territory or no? Because no, this to- is oh, this is definitely lock territory. I was gonna say, I was gonna say that I'm gonna throw a lock on there. It's usually tough to lock it up when one team's missing one of their best players, but Cleveland's both teams might be well. missing one of their best players, and Cleveland is so good at home. Like three and a half seems like a gift. Think about all the players that have missed games at home, and they're still. 10 and 1 and 1 and 11 and 1 straight up at home. Like, I saw them beat Embiid with uh, Mobley, with Mobley and Diakide, and they <laughs> won the game by like 30. I, I know it's not the same because Philly's no. not a great overall roster, but you get my point. Cleveland has fully embraced the next man up mentality, and they've been, incre- they've been incredible in the land. So I'll go with Cleveland. All right. Before we get to the rest of the slate, we've got to talk to you about win bet. Now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. Online sports and casino play. You have the win bet win hour. You have the construction zone, the win. Build your own bet, same game parlays where you can create a monster crazy parlay. Go cast something incredible. Do that in NBA. You can do that in NFL if you want to do that. You can do that wherever. All you have to do is go to win Bet so much choose from all you do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Also, such a change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 20 on order and present in state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. 
All right, Scott, let's get into the next game of the slate. And we have the Atlanta Hawks coming to Brooklyn to play the Brooklyn Nets. Minus seven and a half for the Nets. 230 is the total injury report for these two teams. And we have Trey Young with an illness not on the injury report. DeAndre Hunter is questionable for this game. Trent Forrest is questionable as well. Then, you know, you're not going to see DeJounte Murray. You're not going to see John Collins. And for the Brooklyn Nets, you have Ben Ben Simmons listed as available with the calf injury. And then, you know, Watanabe is still out with that hamstring. So you have an available Ben Simmons and you have Trey Young, who's expected to play, and DeAndre Hunter, who could make a return back into the lineup this game. He's missed three straight. So I'm I'm not exactly sure what the chances of – uh, Hunter playing in this game. I'm assuming it's below 50 50. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll probably I'll probably put it at like 40 60 if I had to guess the odds of him playing. But well, well he was an automatic out for the past three games, and now he's a questionable. So it, it could he could possibly make they it. Might, they might just have to play him because they're missing so many bodies. I mean, we'll see. But the mm-hmm. point is, already down. Atlanta's really really banged up. There's there's no way around that. Is it enough for you to lay seven and a half with Brooklyn? I see seven in some spots, which makes it a little bit better. But the Nets are so bad in the second half of games because they really, really get out early for leads. And then they end up just completely not caring. I said it last game against Charlotte. This team zones out for about 10 minutes a game. And Mm -hmm. that's usually enough to blow a massive lead. They were up 20 against Charlotte. At no point did I think Charlotte was not going to cover that game. They're up mm-hmm. 20, and I'm like, all right, I've seen this movie before. Charlotte's going to go on some massive, like, 15-5 run or something. Game's going to be close. And yeah. next thing you know, it's a three-point game in the fourth quarter, and the Nets have to barely hold on to win. So I wasn't surprised that the Nets almost blew a 20-point lead there. We've seen it a couple times this season. I think I am going to lean to the Nets, though. I like Nets' first half, kind of similar to your Knicks play. I'm not going to try to guess what type of Nets I'm going to see in the second half. But mm-hmm. I'm looking at Atlanta – and the first half spread in this game is mostly three and a half or four, which I think is a good number. The Nets in the first half have been good. They rank eighth in first half point differential this season. Atlanta ranks 16th. But you're looking at who Atlanta has in their projected starting lineup. You're looking at Trey Young, who I'll get back to in a second. You have Bogdanovich, who's played three games this season. He's been <laughs> awful. He was three for 16 from the floor against the Knicks, 0 for 10 from three. He's been really bad. It's not his fault. You know, we see players come back from injury. Yeah, one good game. Uh, yeah, one game where he had 17, and he was shot the ball decently, I'm pretty sure. If you look at the efficiency numbers for Bogdanovich, he's been pretty much useless. He's shooting roughly 28% from the floor and 23% from three. He's been really bad as a whole. So we'll see how he looks. But the point is Bogdanovich has not looked 100%. Uh, you're looking at A.J. Griffin as a rookie. You have Jalen Johnson. You have Capella. But Trey, he's still battling a shoulder injury, right? I mean, I think he has to. You're looking at the last two mm-hmm. games. He's shooting around 38% from the floor. The last five games, Trey's shooting roughly 14% from three. That shoulder injury, games. that shoulder injury is just something you got to just put into your handicaps with Trey Young. Like at some point in the season, that shoulder is going to flare up, and he's he's going to be feeling it. And it, at this point, it's going to be a pain tolerance thing. I'm just saying, 14 percent from three in your last five games. I got to assume that you're, you're having a hard time even lifting your arms at this point. But 
the Hawks just don't have many bodies. I, I just think that this team, we've roasted their bench all season long. They don't have much shooting. And now they're missing a couple starters, so some of the bench players have to be promoted. And Bogdan hasn't looked 100% yet. So I'm going to go with the Nets. They've been good at home. Atlanta, we know, is usually a lot worse on the road than they are at home. They just don't have many bodies. And the Nets, I know Simmons, maybe it'll be rusty. I don't think he should start. I think he should actually come off the bench in this game. But Mm -hmm. the Nets have played well lately. So I'm going to lean to the Nets. Durant against the Hawks has been absolutely phenomenal. I think he's had 28-plus points in like 10 straight against Atlanta. Mm. He's been great. Kyrie was very good last game. I'll go with the Nets, but I like the Nets' first half more. Atlanta's team is really just banged up. I think that Atlanta has a shot to potentially get buried in this game, but I'll take the Nets' first half. Yeah. uh, I mean, it kind of goes back to that Atlanta stat that we have and the fact of – when Atlanta is a dog and they lose games, they do not cover that game. No. They are not in competitive in terms of against the spread in that game. When they lose on the money line, they lose straight up. I and mean, the they lose the uh, underdog spread. And so, yeah, yeah, the Nets are – that's what I'm saying. The Nets are pretty good, pretty solid defensively. If you're getting Ben Simmons back in this game – and you probably have a, a chance where you can kind of switch him on the tray and be able to get some good uh, some good matchups with Trey Young. Do you probably going to be running a lot of – huh? Do you agree that he should come off the bench? Because the starting lineup the Nets have been using the last couple games actually look pretty good. I think um, Simmons should come off the bench in my opinion. I think that I think that it's probably good to ease him in whenever he's missed some extended mm-hmm. amount of time. I don't think, think that it's a good long bench, term. You know? I don't think it's a good long term thing at all. But the thing about the NBA is you want to get into a rhythm of just winning games. Like you just kind of want to get into that rhythm of going and going and going mm-hmm. and being able to put up good performances night after night after night. And so if you have something that's working for you this point in time, then by far continue to use it. I think the thing that a lot of people get misconstrued is they say, oh, well, they've been winning with him on the bench. They need to keep doing that for the rest of the year. Like, no, no, he's too good of a talent. That's not how you should handle it. But while you're having, while it's working, don't fix it. Like don't fix what isn't broken. So yeah, I think he probably should come off the bench in this game. And that would probably be really good for them still getting his amount of minutes, but just throwing different rotations at the Hawks. I think, I don't think the Hawks cover. I Brooklyn wins by nine. I mean, I'm trying to think of where they can actually cover and the main way is obviously a Trey masterclass, but he's been shooting terribly because of the shoulder and he apparently was battling an illness against the Knicks. And I don't know if he still has it or he's going to play through it, whatever. The point is when your star player is clearly not a hundred percent and you're already missing two other starters, mm-hmm. maybe three, like that's a serious problem for Atlanta mm-hmm. and you're not a good road team to begin with. I'll take the Nets. I, yeah. I just think that they should, keyword should, if they don't play with their food in the second half, they should be up 15 at some point in this game. And they've also won 12 of the last 15 meetings. Yeah, get, yeah, I'm locking this. That's another lock for this late. Give me the Brooklyn Nets minus 7.5. The The Hawks don't cover as a dog. Like, they, took, they don't cover the and not win. Overnight at 3.5. I just think that they should be up potentially double digits at the half. Yeah, if you like the if you like the Nets on the money line, you like them on the spread. Uh, Durant double double. I haven't really been interested in Durant double double because it's just like he doesn't care about rebounding enough for me. 
I thought about maybe triple double at like twenty six to one. Yeah, like, I, that's I, a fun I, bit, but like I'm worried double. about blow up potential. Like th this game could turn into a route. It uh, it wouldn't totally surprise me because once again, Atlanta's really just reeling. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm trying to think of a better way to put it. I mean, they're injured. They're not playing well. Trades had issues with his coach. Mm -hmm. It seems like this team's on the verge of implosion, doesn't it? I think that, uh, yeah, for right for the time being, right now, the next month, yeah, for the next month, it just sounds like things are not going to be good for them. While like, I'm not trying sure to get what I'm here. supposed to back at Atlanta now for the next month without Dejounte, without Collins. Can you at home? I'm saying even at home, like they don't have much going for them right now. Yeah, but they find a way to get it done at home. <laughs> they just find a way to get it done at home. Say that to me who bet Atlanta against the Nuggets and Trey didn't even play in the game. They still won. So I like how Munaf shows up and immediately mentions Durant points because I just brought up that like Durant has had like 28 plus in like 10 straight games against Atlanta. But I am concerned about blowout potential. I, yeah. I just think that you could see the Nets get up early. They're going to coast potentially like they always do. I'll take the that, first half instead. And that's the way I play Durant. I'm not playing him double-double. I'd rather just play him on points and ladder the points than use that money on the double-double. Yeah, but then you're also worried about Kyrie going for 40 in any given game, and you got to. Yeah, somebody that said out. that. Uh, Nick Nick said that Kyrie points ladder versus Trey defense. Trey's not gotten Gordon Kyrie, just so you know. He's. I know Kyrie, Kyrie, historically speaking, has been a little bit Jekyll and Hyde against the Hawks. He's had a couple of really good games, a couple of passive games. So mm -hmm. we'll see what happens there. Durant has consistently owned this team. Yep. So if you want to bet on points for a guy, it probably would be Durant. I think both of them, both of them both, had 30 They both today. could combine for like 60. Yeah, I was about to say, I think both of them had 30, and then they get up out of there, and like yeah. with like eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, they get up out of there and sit down. All right, next on the slate, we have the Detroit Pistons going to play the Memphis Grizzlies, minus 10.5 for the Grizzlies at home. 228 is the total. Well, you have a rule now, so I already. Yep, know I do have a rule, so I'm about to, uh, and I'm about to go ahead and give that out as soon as I get to the injury report. Pistons are Isaiah Livers is doubtful. We know we're not going to see Kate Cunningham, and then we have for the Grizzlies, Stephen Adams questionable, uh, Jake Laruvia is doubtful, and then Desmond Bain, Danny Green. You know you're not going to see them. All right, I said that I was doing it last time, and they did it. If they, I said if they covered the last 10-point spread, they did it. And if, if they did, that I would be on them again. Because now the Pistons are sitting at 7-2 and two against the spread when they're getting double digits. 7-2. and two. Like, I cannot fate that. They just, find a, like, they just find a way to cover the number. And even though I really do like this Memphis team, and I think Memphis has – the potential that whenever they get Desmond Bain back and how they're playing, that they can be the one, number one overall seed in the West. But I can't get in front of this Detroit Pistons team right now and they're covering this number. Like, they're getting a large number consistently and covering, covering, covering. No matter what, they're doing it on the back-to-back. -back. They're doing it with guys missing. It doesn't matter. The books keep throwing a large number at them, and they keep finding different ways to cover the game. Bogdanovich has been shooting the ball absolutely amazing, and – came what was it in gets the uh heat where he had six points or something like that in the first half and then finished with 33 so yeah i'm all over the pistons here it just seems like this is a spot that they get up for and the books have been throwing this number at them like this opened up at 10 and it's at uh minus 10 and a half right now as you see uh a little bit of sharp money coming in on memphis but I, I, I can't do it.
I can't fade this Pistons team right now and how they're playing and how they're able to just cover a spread of this magnitude against anybody. So give me the Pistons plus 10 and a half. What are you doing? I think I'm going to lean to the Pistons as well. I don't exactly feel great about it. They just played in Detroit. Memphis won by 10. Uh, they had three separate players score 22 plus points with Jaron Jackson, Brooks, and um, you ended up having Morant go for 33 and 10. I don't think Jackson and Brooks are going to combine for 44 again. I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. Detroit also didn't exactly shoot well from the starters. Uh, you had Ivy went two for nine. Bogdanovich only attempted eight shots from the floor. Still at 18 points because he had he went eight for eight from the line. But I just think that Detroit will shoot a little bit better. I think Memphis will shoot a little bit worse. I like the over in this game, though. I think that even though the first meeting landed 234, even that was a little bit misleading because you only had 50 in the fourth quarter, and each mm-hmm. of the first three quarters had 58-plus. I like the over in this game. Detroit's been playing a bit faster, but I will agree with you. When you're 7-2 and two in a certain spot, I'm going to take you kind of blindly. I think Memphis wins. I just think this game might be a little bit closer than people think. Memphis has been burying this team as a recent. They've won the last, what's this, five, four meetings, last four meetings. Uh, last They played earlier this season on the fourth, what was that, Earlier, that's like five days ago. Yeah, they won by 10. And won by 10. And so, I'll, yeah. I'll, take, the, I'll take the points. I think, I yeah, think Memphis wins, but I think Detroit's going to hang in there. It might be a backdoor cover, but I think Memphis wins by like seven. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, 228. Come up half a point. I, I um, said I'm on the over already. You had 50 points in the fourth quarter, and the game still landed in the 230s last meeting. I just see pace in this game. Yeah, I'm with you. Over. All right, let's see how this trend goes for us through the rest of the season. Pistons getting double digits, seven and two right now. Let's track it going forward. I mean, we're going to get a lot more opportunities with this team. So, oh, 100% going to get more opportunities with them. <laughs> All right, next game on the slate, we have the Phoenix Suns going to play the New Orleans Pelicans, minus one and a half for the Suns, 228 and a half. You got to put some respect. The uh, number one seed, New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, they are the one seed. Uh, 228 and a half is the total. I didn't even realize that. Uh, Dwayne Washington Jr. is out for the Suns. We know Cam Johnson is injured. And then you have Brandon Ingram, who's out. Herb Jones is out. Jose Jose Alvarado is questionable. And Kira Lewis Jr. is out. I mean, they got blew out twice on national television. Now you have a game that's not on national television. Is there anything that is not going to get me – that is anything that's going to not make me take the Suns here in this spot? This, this just feels like a, a, a textbook bounce-back game. Let's not see. even looking at any stats right now. This just sounds like a textbook no, I'm saying not even looking at any stats. Kardashian curse? <laughs> Chris Paul comes back. They, they're down by 40 at home. I mean, I, I, oof. Uh, I, I don't really know here. I think on principle you'd lean to Phoenix. They got embarrassed mm-hmm. on national TV. It was bad. Like, you're mm-hmm. assuming Phoenix will bounce back. I tend to f- back teams that get killed on national TV the day prior. They're still professionals, especially with Phoenix, who's supposed to be one of the favorites to win the title. I'm not picking them to win the title, but you get my point. They have higher but aspirations. Not only, not only was it got blew out once, she got blown out twice on national television. Like, it was, it was bad twice was bad. on national television. You gave up. 130 and 125 points. I just have to assume that this is the get right spot. When we talk about trends, we have that trend that, you know, I like to be on where you have team a who lost two games 
prior to team B has won two games prior to and team A is still favored, even though it looks like team A is reeling and team B is ascending. And it just feels like this is the spot. Like it feels like this is the get right spot. You're not on national television. It's really uh, nobody's paying. It's well, not saying nobody's paying attention to this game, but it's not getting the recognition that, you know, a lot of other games on the slate are getting today. And I think this is a spot where they can just come in here and get right in the Smoothie King Center. So, yeah, I'm on the Suns here. Minus one and a half. This is the bounce back spot. We have the trend to back it up as well. Suns go in here, get a really good win, and take back the one seat. The main concern I have, though, is the fact that the Pelicans are still 10-3 and three at home. Phoenix is 4-6 and six on the road. They've not mm-hmm. been a good road team. Chris Paul, I was joking about the Kardashian stuff, but still, he – has really not been good this year. He looks past his prime, and he didn't look great against Boston. I am curious if Chris Paul might struggle or at least cause the team to struggle initially as he kind of regains his footing back with the starting lineup. Yeah. I think – no, I think that that's a possibility. I love the under with his points tonight. I think Alvarado is going to hound him from full court. If he plays. If he plays. if Alvarado plays. But if I think that what I am – I think that the that team is up? now constructed more away from Chris Paul where Chris Paul just kind of comes in when he's – like he has the big game when he's – He's a, a fourth-quarter closer guy. Yeah, I mean. and I think that's really where they're like, hey, I know we're working you back. We don't need you to do everything because we, we got it figured out now. We're not that same team that you just joined to coming off of the bubble season and you helped us – teach us how to win and how to play and play and be in games and have all this stuff and this mentality. Like, no, we've got it covered from here. We can do it. You're just there to kind of not saying ride our coattails, but you're there to really be that veteran presence. And so, yeah, I, I don't even see Chris Paul point props, but if Alvarado plays, I definitely lean to the under because he didn't look great against Boston. Mm -hmm. He has not scored much this season. And Alvarado. Well, I don't think I want to take a Chris Paul under in New Orleans. Like, I just, I, I'm not bold enough to. I don't think I want to take Chris Paul under in New Orleans. It's still New Orleans. If, like, if it's in the double digits, I'll take the under. Chris Paul really doesn't shoot that much anymore. Yeah, I if don't you, know. If you've been blindly betting his point. If Chris Paul just, under, had, but if Chris Paul had a big game in New Orleans, are you going to be surprised? I'm like, be still surprised, but I just don't think the volume's there anymore. Chris Paul really doesn't look for his own shot that much anymore. Yeah. And Alvarado's going to make him work for it every single possession i i just think that it's a he's an annoying player to deal with are you blindly taking zion over do you think the Suns are going to double team every possession like because zion's been just walking into 30 basically every game for the last five games and i don't know how that phoenix is supposed to stop him besides sending extra bodies yeah and if you send extra bodies zion's gonna they're gonna get picked apart i think they just kind of let zion go to work and they limit everybody else that's how they get this one do you trust booker in this game because he's been kind of garbage the last two games yeah yeah. Okay. Just that's, it that's, out. that's easy. That's easy for me. He's yeah. been really I'm bad just, recently. That's why I'm asking. But yeah, I, I I trust him to just go ahead and this this is I think that because of the spot is so good for Phoenix that I think everybody just elevates in this game. I am I am kind of tempted to lean to the Pelicans because they're so good at home, but I don't know if I can. They re, the Suns have really gotten embarrassed the last two games. It's a it's a pretty good spot for them to just show up extremely annoyed come out focused and just look like it for 48. I'll lean Phoenix. I don't feel great about it. I think mm-hmm. I'll mostly bet player props here. I think Zion, no matter how this game goes, Zion should w- end up going for like 
28, 13, and 5. Something like that. I don't mind a live betting Zion props. You'll be able to tell in the first two possessions how they're going to guard Zion the entire game. If you see them spending extra bodies, a live bet the assist. I will lock up the Suns. Okay. Because this is too good of a spot. And that trend that I told you is 60% over the um, since 2005, I believe. And I'm assuming we're still going to back Zion assist, correct? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, man. I'm just going to I'm gonna wait till he kills us on it mm-hmm. at this point. I, at first, it was, it was because CJ and BI was out. But then CJ came back, and he still kept hitting it. So now I'm going to just wait till he kills us on that. And yeah, the Pelicans realize, wait a second, it. we have an unstoppable freight train who can give you a free 30 every game. Yeah, let's let him just get the ball every possession. And yeah. as a result, he gets a lot of assists because he has the ball in his hand all the time. Okay. All right. I found the play that I was looking for. I'm going to bet Booker 30 points and Phoenix to win at plus 255. Okay. Um, so expect just, that to be on my card today. Zion assist is still at four and a half. It's juice, though. It's like minus 140. You could probably shop around mm-hmm. and find a 130, but four and a half, I'll take the over on that as well. He's been a very yeah. good assist guy. Yep. No point in stopping it now. All right, next game. I really feel good about this slate. I This is either going to be egg all over my face or I'm going to have one of those days. I feel really good about this slate. The Minnesota Timberwolves are going to play the Utah Jazz in Utah. Minus one and a half for the Jazz. 235 is the total for Minnesota. You, you know you're not going to see Carl Anthony Towns, Torian Prince. Matt Ryan was just signed. I, I don't care. Uh for Utah, Laurie Markinen is questionable with the illness. Mike Conley with his knee injury is expected to play. Uh, Simone, I don't even know how to pronounce bro's name. I'm not about to. Everybody knows who I'm talking about. It's the only Simone in the league. It's uh, birthday. Qu- it's birthday, I think. Yeah, it is his birthday today. I, I don't even know. What is his usage? Does he even have? Does he even get props where I can bet his birthday? Probably not, but I know he had the game-winning dunk, so maybe they'll give you something. He had the game-winning dunk against the Yeah, Warriors. I know. Maybe he'll get something. I don't know. I doubt it. All right. Uh, that was his. That was his birthday moment. He doesn't get another birthday moment. Questionable. Uh, where else are we at? I mean, marketing's questionable. That's really the big news. Yeah, it's, I, I'm really not about to go. And you know, you're not going to see Carl, Colin Sexton in this game. But that's really it. Nobody else here is really getting any big minutes. Um, I mean, dog. Everybody's already been doing it. This line has already come down. It opened up at three. Now it's at my at plus one and a half. And I know I'm Utah's honestly favorite, not scared about it. Who's more motivated, like in this matchup? Because half half of Utah's roster got traded for Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And I know Utah's favored. It's always that's not good if Utah's favored because they've been really bad as favorites. But mm-hmm. Minnesota stinks. We know this. Gobert could have a very good game. Mm-hmm. However, he could be awful in this game because Utah is going to make him run around the three-point line the entire time. There are a couple of ways this game could go. I think I'm actually going to lean to Utah in the spot. I know Utah Oh, no, no, Scott, don't do it. I was going to say, as don't a favorite, it, they've been bad. Scott, don't do it. Like, come on, don't There's do it. There's such a motivational edge, though. Can I tell you Can I tell you that they've already played this season on the 21st of October? I went to overtime. Utah won, I think. Yeah. 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 Doesn't Minnesota. And, and they, they were, were and they were they were eight point dogs. Oh, Take Minnesota. I, Take Minnesota, Scott. It's Minnesota. We got Minnesota in a, a similar line like this. It was two. We got them at this line when they were playing against Memphis. That is a sign that we they need were to at win home again. though. True. 
you you have me there. You do have me there. They were at home. However, if we if we're sitting here and we talk about what Utah just did to the Warriors, do they really come immediately come back from that and put on a show against this Timberwolves team? My main point goes back to motivation. I think Gobert will be motivated to have a good game, but once again, like four active players on Utah are going to have a revenge game against this team. Markkanen might be out. That's the really big concern for me. Mm-hmm. But I think I might hold my nose and take Utah. I, I'm not going to bet this game, but I do think that, first of all, I've had a pretty good read on Minnesota this season, mm-hmm. uh, which has worked out. I've, I've only backed them sparingly, and I've picked my spots well. I'm only in Utah. I think it's a close game, but I think Utah does enough to win. Crowd will be into it. The team's going to be really just amped up for this one. I think Utah wins, but I understand your angle. I understand you blindly fading Utah. It's made you a lot of money this season, but I'll back them. Minnesota is just a team I don't exactly want to back in this spot. So uh, Utah's just, we'll been decent. Utah's been decent recently inside the paint, but that's really where Minnesota goes and gets their work. 60 points in the paint over the past five games. That is second in the league. I expect to see a... I like the over in this game is my favorite play. Yeah, yeah, I like the over. I expect this, I expect to see a Anthony Edwards masterclass in this game. I think that he's due. I think he's ready to come in here and where he just kind of goes unconscious from three, finds his spot on all levels and able to score. And we sit here and we talk. Yeah, I get everybody in the revenge angle, and it's a really, like, I was just looking at that trade the other day, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe There's so many active pieces. players. Like, there's so many active players. It is. That, yeah. But ultimately, this this is just a terrible spot. Like, you you won a game where you were down four points in 13 seconds and came out with the win. Like, there's no way I'm backing you again in the next game. This is the, the ultimate letdown spot. Like, the ultimate letdown spot against a team that you have history with because you just traded – one of your three best players over to them and got the steal of a century and you beat them earlier this year. Like Minnesota's gonna come in here, they're gonna be they're gonna want to get revenge for that game earlier this season. They're gonna want to go out here and get a win. They're gonna be super motivated. Anthony Edwards is the guy. I don't have to worry about Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert canceling each other out because they're both trying to stand in the fucking paint. So yeah, I'm going with Minnesota here. I lock it up. I'm with, I'm, I'm, on a, I'm just pulling up uh, the last couple road games for uh Minnesota, just for reference. They've lost the last two. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't. There's not really much more before that. Loss of the Hornets by two uh, with no Hayward, no ball. They still lost. Played the Wizards, gave up 142. Uh, I just think there's going to be a bunch of points. I love the over as my favorite play here. But I'll leave yeah, the I like the over too. I, I really don't feel great about it, but I will take the over. I think the over is a pretty solid play. Yeah, I like the over too. All right, next game on the slate, we have the Milwaukee Bucks. Playing the Dallas Mavericks in Dallas. Bucks are laying one. 224 and a half is the total. Injury report. And we have Wesley Matthews, who's out for health and safety protocols. Joe Ingles, you know you're not seeing him still. And, wow, Dallas is clean on the injury report. So, getting one with the Bucks against This line is very, very trappy at first glance. Yeah, very much so. Because I'm trying to figure out why I'm not just hammering the Bucks here. Dallas has been good at home. They're ten and three at home. That's the main reason. But Milwaukee's been good on the road. Uh, Can anybody stop Giannis on this Dallas team? 
Like Christian Wood, I don't Ooh. think he's a good. I don't think Christian Wood's a good defensive player. No, he's not. He's not a good defensive player. He's just a big body in the lane. Kleber's their main center late in games. I know he's not going to rim protect against anybody. I, Dwight I Powell? Like Milwaukee, you, no, Dwight Powell's not doing anything. No, like, Powell plays like five minutes and then he doesn't play. Uh, I, I just I feel like Milwaukee should win this game. And Dallas had the nice uh, win there against Denver. Game was competitive. They hung on for dear life, but they got it done. I just think Milwaukee's a good enough defensive team to make life difficult for Dallas. We know Dallas plays a lot of hero ball with Luka. I think Milwaukee's going to have some good defensive game plans in store. Drew Holiday's going to make life difficult for Doncic to some degree. You can't stop him, but you can make him work for it. I don't think anyone's going to make Giannis work for anything in this game. I think Giannis could really just walk into 35. He's give me a an number. absolute machine. Just give me a number between 1 and 10. 7. Well, Seven. All right. Last seven games Giannis has against Dallas 30 and 11, 28 and 10, 31 and 9, 34 and 13, 48 and 14. What's that? 5, 29 and 16, 31 and 15. That was a random number you just gave me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, he's he's put up 30 plus in like each of the last eight games. He's actually, I think he's going for the franchise record in this game, if I'm not mistaken. I like the mm. over and Giannis points. I don't think anyone on Dallas can guard him. But Drew Holiday, we know he's hit or miss, but he's been good recently. You have, uh, I think, he, yeah, he had 30, I think, against uh, Sacramento last time out. Middleton's been hit or miss, but he's still another guy you have to watch out for. Lopez is favorite to win defensive player of the year. You got rim protection there. Yep, size. It a, like, it's it's so going to come down to can Dallas make enough three-point sh- uh, shots to make up the difference on the interior. I'm not sure they can. I'm going to lean to Milwaukee. I just think they'll dominate on the glass in this game. I think they're going to absolutely win the rebounding battle by 10-plus, and that's good enough for me. I'll go with Milwaukee. I think that Giannis over 30, I think he's going to go for really just a hell of a game here. I think Giannis goes for like 35-14-5. I think he has a great game. I'll go with Milwaukee. I don't think Dallas is good. No offense, Cameron. I know that you're a Mavericks fan, but... I don't think Dallas is a good team. I think that they have one great player, and their supporting cast is pretty mediocre. That's what I see. Yeah. Um, what was I about to say? Munaf Milwaukee, three, Milwaukee is giving up uh, 28% to the three-point uh, three percentage to teams in the last five games, 28%. That's incredible, 28%. So, yeah, I mean, Hardaway threes have just been hot, but they are guarding the three-point line really well. And I just – I'm trying to figure out how outside of Luca and Tim Hardaway Jr. are they going to put up points? Cause I don't think it's going to be that it's not going to be the same thing where they played this Nuggets team and the Nuggets just fucking sucked at rotating over. Like there were so many times that it really, really wasn't even bad def- defense from the Nuggets. They just did the last person just didn't fucking rotate over and they got a wide open three. I don't the perfect think example was the final shot. I mean, it was a simple yeah. pick and roll. You've been running pick and rolls for 40 minutes and Finney Smith's wide open somehow. And fucking Dan Spencer didn't what he was supposed to rotate the fuck over and didn't do it. I mean, not Spencer, didn't we, but uh, fucking um, what's Jamal fucking, Murray. Yes, Jamal Murray was supposed to rotate over and didn't fucking do it. So, yeah, I, I if it's a trap, I'm dead. I'm sorry. Give me Milwaukee. Yeah, I don't know why. This should be three, four. I, be I think honest. it should be three or four. So I think there's value on Milwaukee. Now, Dallas, once again, good at home against good teams. I acknowledge it. Yeah, but I just think Dallas. I think Dallas really does not have the personnel. Oh, Dallas did just make us eat face and eat shit in this spot with the Suns. They did just make us eat shit in this spot with the Suns. 
did fuck we, it. I'm trusting did, my gut. Did Give we me talk Milwaukee. About the Suns? Oh yeah, we did. We talked about the Suns. Wait, did we? What? Yeah, we talked about the Suns. Yeah, we talked about the Suns earlier. But I mean, like, they so just... we we covered that Suns Mavericks game. Oh no, I think it was me and Moonoff. We covered the Suns Celtics game. I didn't. I didn't talk. Yeah, about no, it. I think it was me and Moonoff. Yeah, where we was talking about it, and yeah, it was me, Moonoff, and Ski. I'm pretty sure, and we ate shit on Dallas because we were that's, like that's a you problem. So I, I was, you know, enjoying a balanced meal. Yeah, I don't care. I'm still taking Milwaukee. Fuck them. All right. <laughs> 224 and a half is the total. Give me an under because I think Milwaukee locks in on defense. I'm gonna it's it's so it's really tricky because the first game landed 239, but both teams shot over 51% from the floor. Both teams shot over 41% from three. I can see regression there. These teams combined for 39 in the fourth quarter, but each of the first three quarters had north of 60. I don't see that happening again. I think I'll lean to the under. I find it weird that this total is so low based on the first meeting landing 239. It seems mm-hmm. trappy for a total. I'm going to lean to the under. Last five games, Dallas has actually won three of the last five. Uh, and two of those being in Milwaukee. So okay. that's what you have going for you if you want to bet Dallas today. All right. Before, that's the last game to slate. Before we get into lock and dog, I have to talk to you about Dave because Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to extra $500 cash. Like if you're ever in a bind and you just need some extra bread before that paycheck comes in, anything like that, Dave is the app for you. No interest, no late fees, no credit checks. You can get your money and get it now. Download the Dave app at the App Store or go to dave.com SGPN. Sign up for extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. All right, it's time for our lock and dog. For my lock, I am going to... Let's go to uh, – I'll take Phoenix. I'll be the bold person that locks up Phoenix after they got really? blown out. Really? As your lock? I did, I did not yeah, see as that they, Okay. Yeah, as they as, – it's such a good spot. They got blown out on national television twice. Twice in a row blown out on national television. They're a one-point favorite on the road in New Orleans in, against a team that they know pretty well. well against second, the playoffs I, I, think, I think we skipped the game, actually. Did we really? Yeah, I think we skipped uh, Lakers Sixers. Oh, we did. Okay. All right. My fault, guys. Sorry. Running back. Lakers are going to play the Philadelphia Sixers. Minus five for the Sixers. Plus two. Minus five for the minus five for the Sixers. So sorry. Minus five for the Sixers. Two twenty-seven and a half is the total. We definitely did skip over that one. My God. My bad. Uh, we skipped it over because I was trying to look for a lock and a dog, and uh, <laughs> I, I like the Lakers in this game. So that was LeBron, kind of where I'm looking. LeBron and AD are both probable with ankle and flu-like symptoms, illness, respectively. Uh, Patrick Beverly not on injury report. Scott Anderson and Wayne Gabriel are not playing in this one. You have for the 76ers, De'Anthony Melton not on injury report. George's Niang out with a foot injury. Daniel House is questionable. Tyrese Maxey is out. And I'm not, for I'm the not playing with Philly. I mean, for the listed probable or questionable before playing, LeBron's 17 for 22. AD is technically 21 for 23, but let's just call it 20 for 23. Does he still have flu-like symptoms? I don't know. Mm. Probably not because he's playing. Hopefully not. Uh, 
I mean, I can't get it. I can't get in front of AD and how he was playing. If AD is is healthy and he's playing in this one, I think he has a incredible addition to this Lakers squad that completely puts them into this game. I just don't think Philly's good. They're not. They're not. And it's not even entirely their fault because Maxie's still out and he's a very good player. But Harden's played one game against Houston. He was awful. I believe he was four for 16 from the floor. He was really not good. They lost the game in overtime. Embiid really has been awful at rebounding recently. I don't know what it is. He just doesn't rebound the ball. And I think that Mm -hmm. Davis might clean up on the glass. I think Davis can also give Embiid problems defensively. Nobody on the Sixers can guard LeBron. Let's get that out of the way first. But Mm -hmm. I'm going to lean to the Lakers here. I really don't want to lay points with Philly. I get they're good at home. I understand that angle. But the Lakers with LeBron and AD can really just dominate in this spot. I think that the Lakers have a pretty good shot to win this game. So I'll take the points. I'll take the money line. I think it's a good value play. I'm back on the Lakers first half with AD back and okay. playing. I'm back on that Lakers first half. I think it's probably at what, plus three? It's uh, give point. or take. It should be three because the full spread's five. So Yeah, so yeah. I like the Lakers first half. I'm going back to that play. I think that the Lakers win the game do their Yeah, Actually. okay. That's fine. Uh I think that the Lakers go out here, play with a bunch of pace. They are currently last five games eighth in pace where you have the Philadelphia 76ers, which is 29. And I mean, if you're telling me that you're speeding up James Harden and Joel Embiid, I'm going to like the chances for the other team, just seeing how they refuse to play fast no matter what. So Philly's going to do everything they can to slow this game down. But even in half-court defensive sets, I still think the Lakers are still pretty good, especially with Patrick Beverly in the lineup. He just has them all clicking and everybody's communicating, rotating over when they have to, playing well in the half-court. So, yeah, I think that this could be like a really, really good win for the Lakers on the road before they get ready to – is this the last game of the road trip? It is, no, it's not. They still got Detroit. But, yeah, after coming off of that really – well, it's not really a really bad loss. They were in that game with the Toronto Raptors for a little bit, even with all the injuries and outs that they did have. So, yeah, I like Lakers in that spot. Yeah, same here. All right. Back anyway, to lock and dog. Yeah, you already gave out your lock. Uh, you are taking yep, the Suns. taking the oh. Suns. For my dog, give me the – You're taking a baby dog with Memphis? I mean, with uh, Minnesota, I mean. Mm, no, it's too small. You know, Lakers? I, I, I got to give you some value. You're going to Lakers at 170? Mm, you can pivot. Lakers I mean, is a You can take, a different, really you can take a different lock and take the Booker 30 points thing as your dog if you want to do it that way. No, I feel good about my lock. Okay. I want to – I'm trying to decide. I'm going off the reservation. I'm trying to decide if I want Washington or Orlando. Um. Man, Toronto's got to be tired of playing in fucking Florida. Like, and they're playing this back-to-back set. Like, what if Orlando comes in here and gets this win on the first game? Back-to-back then, sets against the same team are tricky, especially with no travel involved. If you're playing both games in the same venue, it could be a little bit. Yeah, and then, but they are—they just played a week ago. So mm-hmm. Orlando makes the adjustments, gets the win in the first one, and then gets absolutely buried in the second one. Oh, if right, Orlando me- wins the first game, I will slam Toronto in the second game. I yeah, let's do it like that. that. That's how I'll do it. All right, Orlando Magic plus 260. That's my dog. Okay. Uh, for my lock, I thought about taking the Nets uh, in the first half, but I think I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go with Cleveland. I'm going to take Cleveland minus three and a half. Uh, I understand that Mitchell's probably not going to play based on line movement. Fox might not play either, so it might cancel each other out. 
it's such a great deal on Cleveland on principle. They're 10-1-1 ATS at home. They're 11-1 straight up at home. They have the size to give the Kings problems. Kings also really bad in paint defense. So I do think that Cleveland can get downhill, get a lot of easy shots at the basket, or just live at the foul line. But Cleveland is so good at home, it's only three and a half. I think it's a great price. I'll take the Cavs minus three and a half. All right, Cavs minus three and a half. What are you doing for your dog? Uh, For my dog, I contemplated maybe doing a double-double prop, which I know has done well for me on this show. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did I I really find much? Like, I thought about maybe going with uh, Palbert and alternative assists, but eh, I don't feel great about it. You know what? I think I'm just going to go with the safer uh, or the more uh, conservative play in my eyes. I'll take the Lakers. I just think that the Lakers are ready to kind of put the last two games behind them. They hung around against Cleveland, even though AD played eight minutes. Toronto Mm -hmm. is killing them, but I'm not surprised. It was a back-to-back with travel to Canada, with AD not being there, and LeBron not being there. So I'm tossing that game in the garbage. But Philly's a team I really don't think is very good. Harden defensively we know is awful. We know that Philly cannot handle transition because they have arguably the worst transition defense in the league, and the Lakers play at a top-five pace in the league. So I think that it's it's really just a bad matchup for Philly. Mm-hmm. If the Lakers can dictate the pace, you're going to see a bunch of five-on-threes because Harden and Embiid will still be in the backcourt. I am going to go with the Lakers here. I think plus 170 is a very good price. It's on national TV. Mm-hmm. You're assuming LeBron and will put on a show like they did against the Bucs a week ago. Give me the Lakers plus 170. All right. I have a parlay that I'm giving out. Scott's not going to want to play it because he was on he was on the other team, or well, two of the other teams, I think. I mean, you can mention it. You can persuade. Yeah. Devin Booker thirty plus in a win. Anthony Edwards thirty plus in a win. Anthony Davis thirty plus in a win. One hundred fifteen to one. Okay. I'm trying to think of any parlay that I could create right now because I really don't see some games with props up yet. Oh, I I I will. Sp- I will say that I would have took the Lakers out. Wait, no. Like I don't know how I would have did it, but I would have replaced one of these plays with Kyle Kuzma points and a win, but it's not up yet. I was thinking of Kuzma double-double, but it wasn't up yet. So that's, yeah. that's why so, there were a couple of player props. I was tempted for a dog, but unfortunately they didn't really have them up. Uh, I think if I was going to take a makeshift uh, parlay right now they don't have in front of me, I'd probably take Halliburton, 12-plus assists, thrown in with Garland, 10-plus assists, or Garland double-double, whatever's a better price. And uh, I don't I don't know if I have anything else I like. Maybe Zion double-doubles plus 235? Okay. That's not bad. Maybe those three. But okay. once again, I literally just made that up on the top of my head. So... Tread lightly on those, but I also made mine up on the top of my head while Scott was talking. But at least you have odds. I I got nothing. I, I'm just yeah. I'm just looking through these. But Zion has done well rebounding. He's had ten plus in three of the last four. So yeah, I'll go with Garland ten plus assists or double double. Halliburton twelve plus assists, and I'll go with Zion double double. Should be a nice plus price because Zion's plus two thirty five. Yeah. All right. That is the. Friday's parlays. Oh, wait <laughs> That's a, a throwback. I got to throw an Ubre like 20 plus points. Oh, fuck. I didn't throw. All right. Fuck. I had, I had to, you know, throw something in fuck. Ubre. 
I forgot about Ubre. Ah, this is gonna piss me off. Okay, I'm gonna just have to make a separate parlay for Uber. Uber, because okay. adding Uber in this one just goes to like, that's insane. Okay, that's, no, that's I'm gonna have to make a, level of yeah, Uber. yeah. That's that's like we're we're in the 300 to one territory. I gotta make another parlay for Uber. I'll throw it in the Slack channel, not Slack in the uh, Discord. Sorry. All right, Scott. Anything else for the people before we get up out of here? Uh, yes. There's one other thing. Uh, first of all, just a reminder to people: if you have not, leave us a review. Uh, we actually did get a review. Uh, recently, which I'm going to read off. Uh, it's from uh, Jayhawk psych, uh, Psychiatrist, and he says he listens every day. Great chemistry, great advice, but also shout out to Terrell uh, for uh, fading him on Celtics games. I'm paraphrasing, but he gave you a shout out for making him a fortune fading your Celtics picks. So. You know, Boston's actually – yeah, he said Boston's undefeated. That is a lie. Boston is not undefeated. When you fade them, they might be. I think that's what he meant. I think he meant when you fade them, they're undefeated. Mm, I don't think they're undefeated when I fade them. I think they're undefeated when I back them. Okay. I think when I no, back them, No, when you back them, them they undefeated. lose. When you fade them, yeah. they win. I, mean, I think that's what he meant, but I don't yeah. I think that's more. So if you have not, leave us a review. However, it is a very, like, it's a very, very bad run. At, at, at first, I was just blindly fading them. But oh, you I think won't about find a better trend out there on podcast. Three, three, yeah, three to four games ago, I think mm-hmm. I actually started trying to handicap their games, and they, yeah, it hasn't been going well. So, no, I, I don't blame you. Continue to fade me. Hey, if you fade me and you're winning money, I am happy, completely mm-hmm. happy. Now, I recommend not doing that because, you know, I'm w- above 50%. My oh, no, it's so only would, Celtics game. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't recommend doing that for everything. But if you find your, your place to fade me and you're winning, more power to you. Happy for you. All right. Love, I love that. That was a great that was a great review. Shout out to Jayhawk Psychiatrist. Matter of fact, send me a DM. Uh, other than that, we have nothing else to say, nothing else to do. Scott told you to review and to follow all that stuff. He's at Rashad Radio. I'm at really real underscore underscore. Other than that, I mean, I really don't have any other way to end the podcast. I'm just going to end it like this. We are out of here. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to.